So it's um, my privilege um, to <laughs> introduce my husband, Dean, who is going to be sharing the word this morning. And um, I know we've sort of talked a little bit about, um, you know, what he's had on his heart and, um, and I read his message and I just, there's so much life on it. And I, um, yeah, I just believe it's actually a word for today that's going to, yeah, just bring strength into your life and I um, pray that it just encourages you. And yes, yeah, so let's give him a hand. <laughs> You're doing such a good job. <laughs> you could have just continued. <laughs> no, awesome. Um, so good to be at church today. Just put your hand up if you're a local. All the locals, put your hands up. All the visitors, put your hand up. Oh, it's about 50-50. <laughs> Last week at church, Nancy, Rosie and I were talking, and we think that we had about 20 locals here last week. The place was packed, and the rest were visitors. So 50-50 today. We're not being outnumbered. Although, <laughs> when we go to the beach, Rosie and I play a game where we're like, spot the locals. <laughs> I think what we find, it's such a beautiful place that we live in. It's so great that we can share it with so many of you guys, you know, that can come here. And what we find in a busy season like summer is, um, you know, we are a part of youth ministry. A lot of the young people work. They get jobs. They work throughout the whole holidays. We're a holiday region. So a lot of our people who come here work in hospitality. And so it frees up the beach for visitors and those who have holidays. So awesome. Hey. In some ways. <laughs> no, we love it. Um, but I hope you guys are enjoying Aladella and the coast and enjoying this weather today. A cool change, but I think it's a good change. I, um, <laughs> Rosie won't be impressed with this story. This morning, uh, it's good for you guys because hopefully we won't sweat as much. Hopefully I won't sweat as much. I went to put deodorant on this morning and both cans were empty. <laughs> Actually, can it evaporate? Can do <laughs> Adam... <laughs> You're smart. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, either that or Rosie must use mine. No. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Good to be here. Good to have a cool change and good to have some great weather as well, even if it is a little bit cooler. Um, Sarah, who is our senior minister, she spoke the other week and she said that in the natural of Ulladulla, we're in a holiday season. We're in a winding down season for those who are lucky enough to uh, get a bit of a break in R&R. But um, I guess the sense in the spirit is that God doesn't have us winding down as a church. He actually has us gearing up for 2018. You know, in a season where everything's winding down and relaxing, God's actually building strength and building strength in the church. And if you guys... Um, well, as Rosie and I prepared for Sunday this week, the word that we just had, we had was strength. And if you guys have a listen to the messages that were over the last couple of weeks, um, some awesome messages. If you're visiting or if you're local, we put them all up on SoundCloud. But last week, Tom brought a message on honour. The week before, Mark spoke a message about placing God first. And the week before that, Sarah brought a word about the kingdom of light and repentance and you know, what do all of these have in common? They're actually building strength into the body, building strength into us. You know, the more that we can be strengthened, the more that we can strengthen others and strengthen our community and build the kingdom of God. So again, jump on SoundCloud and have a listen. And, you know, May 2018, you're not sure what your 2017 was, but May 2018, be a year of strength, be a year of favor and blessing. And um, it's what we're believing for. Um, 
as we've wound down, Rosie and I have wound down from 2017 and, and chatted with so many of you guys, the common theme is that 2017 was a massive year, a huge year. Um, when I realised that we could refer to 2017 as last year, I got a little bit excited. Um, just a little bit excited. Um, for us, we just felt 2017 was a year of battle. Um, we came out of it and I was like, I feel like it was violent. <laughs> it hurt me. <laughs> I felt a bit battered and a bit bruised. Um, <laughs> just, I expected to look in the mirror and see like those bruises. Anyway, no, <laughs> no bruises. But it did feel like a battle year. I think we came out, or I did, <laughs> maybe not Rosie, I came out with a few more grey hairs, um, maybe a few less hairs as well. <laughs> I'll cut that one out of the recording. But um, so after a huge 2017, there's no surprise, what does God want to do in his church? He wants to build strength. He wants to strengthen his church and prepare him for the year ahead. Isaiah 40, we'll start from verse 28, says, this is what you just, you read this one. Um, steal my thunder. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary and increase the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men will stumble and fall. But those who saw, so, sorry, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run, not grow weary, they will walk and not grow faint. And it says, you know, in other versions it says that those who trust in the Lord or those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. And, um, you know, that's a promise as we wait. Trust and hope in God will find new strength. And how good is that? And um, I'm not sure about you guys, but I'll take strength wherever I can get it. I'm going to grab a drink. So this morning, I want to speak on hope, and I want to speak on praise, and, you know, as I said, 2017 for us was, I'll elaborate on that a little bit too, uh, it was a hell of a year, and um, where we put our hope and the choice for praise were actually keys for us to get from one season to another season. So I want to share from the Word and a bit from our own experience, and, you know, long story short, um, really the last... I wrote 12 to 18 months, but really the last 24 months, Rose and I both had pretty significant battles with, with our health. Um, for me, last year, that resulted in awesome two major surgeries. Um, you know, 2016 had some irregular blood test results. By September, having more tests. By October, meeting with genetic doctors. By November, we're meeting with surgeons and discussing life-saving surgery. You know, that escalated quickly. Um, but God was on it, you know, six months later in March last year, surgery number one, awesome, good way to um, get through the year. And six months later, surgery number two. I counted up yesterday that last year I had nine weeks off work holiday and eight of those weeks were for surgery and recovery, which is awesome, hey. It's a way that you want to spend your year. <laughs> <laughs> and after the first surgery, I thought I had all these books lined up. I'm like, I'm going to read all these books. I'm going to be so intelligent. <laughs> I couldn't even read. <laughs> I don't know. I think 
it was a major surgery, so I was on a lot of um, medication and a lot of drugs, and I wasn't in a sound mind. <laughs> and um, even, like, I just recently watched a movie that I tried to watch, and like, I couldn't watch movies you had to think too much about, and they're the ones that I like to watch. I had to watch really basic things, but anyway, water season. But, um, you know, God was on that. God was all over that, and... You know, we consider ourselves, you know, despite everything, we are so fortunate. We are so blessed. And the surgery that I had, I was required to have bowel surgery. And, you know, I now know that you can live without your, lar- without your large bowel and some, and your body still works fine. It's amazing in itself. But, um, and we still have, and I was going to say, I was going to say that we still have bu- battle points, but I thought we'll call them breakthrough points. We still have breakthrough points ahead, but because that season is over, you know, that battle has ended. And the beginning of this year, God spoke to me uh, from Isaiah 43, and it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And, you know, God's way of us dealing with seasons isn't that we forget them, isn't that we forget things. Um, That's not his intention, but... When God's worked through a season and he's worked through you in a season and it's done and dusted, it's actually more damaging to hold on to it. We need to let it go, you know. It's a former thing. Why do we try and make it a present thing? It doesn't make sense, does it? God calls us to, to move on, move forward. And, you know, the verse speaks about God wanting to do something new. We know you can't lay a hold of the new if you're grasping the old, you know. You've got to let go of the old to actually step into the new. And may this year, whether you're visiting or this church, may it be a year of new things. And, you know, a side note for anyone who may be in a battle, a valley, a dry place, there's riches, riches, there's riches, there's richness, there's richness and strength and a strength of God that can be found in every season. And from, from our experience, you know, there's a depth a richness and a strength that we can only experience in the valley. I hope that makes sense. When I write this, I was writing this, I might feel like that's controversial, but it's not. You know, when you find yourself in that place, there's, there's a part of God that you don't experience. If we only ever had mountaintop experience, you're not going to experience God in, in his fullness or entirety, you know. You know, if it was all those experiences, would we experience all of God? Maybe Maybe not. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of valleys or dry places, but there's life in those places. There's hope in those places, and there's strength in those places. And this morning, I was reading over my sermon, and I looked up the definition of valley just out of curiosity. And you know, we all know it's a low area between two, between a mountain or hills. But then it said typically, you know, so. A valley is a low area between mountains or hills, typically with a river or stream flowing through it. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Like, you don't often see um, a river on a mountain. Well, like, you can, it's possible. But where often do you, you know, we can drive through the hills of the back of Milton after it rains. You know, there's water, there's rivers and streams that actually flow through there. And I think that's God's design and plan in the natural. But in our lives, when you find yourself in a valley... There's a source of life that comes into that, you know. The valley can actually be a place of fertile ground. So, you know, be encouraged. God doesn't place you in the, the valley. Rather, his plan is actually you'd not stay in that place. And 
You know, my encouragement is that if you find yourself in a hard place, don't harden your heart to God, but actually lean into God. So easy sometimes in a hard place. I'm speaking from personal experience. Sometimes when things are harder, I don't want to press into God. That actually means I've got to face it and deal with those emotions or deal with those, with those thoughts. And we harden our hearts. So don't do that. Lean into him. You know, and if Rosie and I could go back, we had like a magical wand. It'd be really handy. But if we had a choice and we could just go back 24 months and, you know, we don't have to go through that season if you don't want to, would we choose to do that? Oh, probably. <laughs> But we can't and we don't. And, you know, because of what we've been through, we now know a depth, a goodness and a grace of God that we would be unaware of if we didn't actually go through that season. And it's a funny feeling. Like, we feel like we know God in a different way. We feel like we know this whole other side of God, which is a God who heals, a God who restores, a God who is strong, who strengthens us. And not that we didn't know that, you know, by no means it was our life you know, peachy and perfect before that. But um, I just hope this brings encouragement to you guys. So what does the Word of God say to sum up this little section? The end of Psalm 23. Surely the goodness and mercy of God shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, this is Psalm 23. It's the same psalm that speaks of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Speaks that God's goodness and mercy follows us even through the valley. How good is that? And a quote from a book, I recommend this, if you like to tear, have some tears, from Levi Lusco's book, Through the Eyes of the Lion. He's a pastor in America, and the book is actually about his daughter passed away from an, after having an asthma attack. But he wrote that everything we preached or experienced in the sunshine, you can believe for in the valley. Everything we preached or experienced in the sunshine, you can believe for in the valley. Cool quote, hey? Um, he's got a lot of cool quotes. I'll be using some more of those later. Okay. You guys still with me? Yep. That's good. So hope, praise. Like I said, wherever we find ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, I actually believe that these guys are keys to seeing us do a season well, seeing us step out of a season quicker than normal. You know, in our humanity, our humanness, we can sometimes stay in a place or a season longer than we need to, longer than what we're graced for. And I think sometimes when we actually do that, there's more damage that can happen in a season. You know, there's a grace zone until God's ready for us to come out of that. But as we place our unswerving hope in our infinite and miraculous God and give God unrivaled praise. We position ourselves and give ourselves the best chance to do every season well. You know, hope and praise are keys to shifting seasons. Hope and praise are keys to breakthrough and finding strength. So hope. You know, Matthew 12, 21, the Bible says that Jesus is a hope of nations. And I don't know about you, but if he can be the hope of the nations, he can be our hope as well. In the message version, it says, the mere sound of his name will signal hope, even among far-off unbelievers. You know, the powerful name of Jesus. You know, hope is found in Jesus. Hope is found in God. And in, like I said, if he can be the hope of the nations, he can be our hope too. You know, hope in Jesus means that things don't need to stay as they are, 
Change is more than possible, it's guaranteed. You know, hope is strength. My favorite quote from today. In the book, The Hunger Games, who's read The Hunger Games, anyone? Yep. President Snow, he said, hope is the only thing more powerful than fear. Hope is the only thing more powerful than fear. It's revolutionary to, to our lives. It precedes freedom and ushers in victory, as does praise. Evangelist Billy Graham said, what oxygen is for the lungs, hope is, hope is to our survival in the world. Hope is essential to our survival. And I've read this as well. I like this one. In the Air Force, so in the Air Force survival training, they teach us, they, sorry, they teach the rule of three. In a survival situation, now if anyone's in the Air Force, you can tell me if this is like incorrect or not. <laughs> Maybe this is in America. But in a survival situation, you can last three weeks without food, three days without water, three hours without shelter in extreme conditions, and three minutes without air. But you can't make it three seconds without hope. It's continuous. The most important battle is the one you fight within, in your heart and mind to not give up. If you give up hope, you won't have the motivation to do anything else in a critical situation. Cool, hey? And Jeremiah 29.11. Many of us know this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. And from the outset, God's plan is hope, has been hope, always will be hope. And just rereading a part of my mind. Did I read that? <laughs> Going to read this one. So last year, you know, Rosie and I, we found ourselves in a place where we recognised that God was our only hope. And I think often when I look back through my life, because often you think as a Christian, of course my hope is in God, but, you know, we were looking down the barrel at a cancer diagnosis and two major surgeries and where are you going to put your hope you know I think so much um, I say particularly as men we can put our, our hope in our strength we can put our hope in our own ability we have the you know we can put our hope in in our financial security we can put our hope in people and, and some of those aren't bad things to do that some of those things aren't necessarily as long as we've got them the right way but I realized I was a place where God, you're actually my only hope in this situation. You know, nothing I can do can shift that. Nothing I can do can actually change this situation other than you. But then you realise that your hope should always be in God. And you realise that at some level, you know, if all your hope's in Jesus, you know, you must be in the centre of his will. So you feel a little bit better about yourself in your situation. Well, that's what you tell yourself. You know, and, you know, side note, didn't have cancer. Praise point, awesome, hey. Praise God, so good. Hebrews 6.9, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And anchors are strong. Obviously, the purpose of an anchor is to prevent or restrict movement of a ship, you know, or, you know, tug of war. You have an anchor. <laughs> we play this at youth a lot. You have an anchor. Obviously, the role of the anchor is to restrict movement and to win, <laughs> For their team, you know, an anchor is to ensure something stays in position. You know, if you want something to stay in position, what do you do is you, you anchor it 
And what we found is that last year, while there was a lot of commotion, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of things were unsettled, we placed our hope in God and you're actually connected to something much larger, much stronger, that actually brings us strength, it's stability, it grounds you and ensures, love this, ensures you actually don't go off course. You know, how often as Christians do we see that someone goes through a season and they actually get derailed and go off course and man, we're the church. <laughs> we need all we can get. And actually, we need us as Christians, when you go through a season, let's not get derailed. Let's stay strong and firm. And I'm talking about hope and praise. That were two keys, but so many other things that happened for Rosie. You know, we had people praying for us. We kept linked in community, you know, whole other sermons in themselves. And um, in the message of Hebrews 18 to 20, did I read that one? In that verse, in the message version, it actually says that as we place our hope in God, it connects us to something of heaven, to something of the power and presence of God. So hopefully that makes sense. And last verse on hope, Romans 5, 4 and 5. And hope develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And, you know, hope in salvation is hope in Jesus because Jesus is salvation. And when you place your hope in him and who he is, it's his word that that hope isn't going to disappoint. It's not a dead end. You know, God's not going not to say something that he cannot do. You know, hope doesn't disappoint, doesn't lead to a dead end. You know, sure, the road is long. The road is unexpected. But as we hope in God, what we found is that God actually brings his best in every season, good, bad, ugly. So break time. You guys still with me? Yep. That's good. So praise. What, what is praise? Any takers? Adam, Nancy, Beth, Ebony? No takers. <laughs> Come on, guys. If I got it wrong, you can just feel free to yell what you think it is. So praise, by definition, it's what we call thanking God. It's what we call honouring God, celebrating who God is and all that God has done. You know, the songs this morning was actually bringing praise. I feel like the worship team should be sharing on praise. I feel like you guys know more about this than what I do. Isaiah 43 says that God created his people to bring praise. And funny thought, if you don't like praise... You should try and like praise because heaven is all about praise. <laughs> You'll find it very uncomfortable if you don't. <laughs> but whatever season we're in, um, we're called to bring God praise. And I think that we, you can find something to praise God for. <laughs> you know, praise is about thanking God for what he's done, but what he's going to do as well. No one said it's easy. Uh, it is a challenge. You know, praise is powerful. It lifts up God. It declares that he is in charge, that he is bigger than the battles that we face. He's bigger than our own brokenness. It acknowledges that although our circumstances um, may change, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. And praise recognizes, you know, the verse, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. You know, praise actually empowers us. Hey, um, 
And like I said, that said, praise isn't easy, but it's a choice and a stance we choose to take. Um, I like to spend time with God in the morning. I say that and laugh because it doesn't always happen as easily or as well as that I would like. I hear others say, yep. Um, and when I first found out that I was getting, that I was sick, that I was unwell, you know, I'd write down verses, I'd write down things that stood out to me. And one of them was Psalm 103. And I don't know if Pat will, sorry, not Pat, Riley will bring it up. Maybe, maybe not. I wrote down what I remember. So Psalm 103 goes something like, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. And to be honest, what stood out to me, I was pretty damn sick. Heal all your diseases was like punchline. Yep, I'm going to pray this over myself every day. And I made that decision. I felt to do that. But, you know, more than just a psalm of healing, this is a psalm of praise. And I made that decision every morning. I'm going to praise God. And, you know, to be like really honest, you know, you wake up some days and this is in season, out of season. <laughs> but you wake up and some days you feel flat. You feel nervous. You feel anxious. You're unsure, you know, what is the outcome going to be, you know? You start doubting God, you know? Will we ever get out of this situation? And, you know, in the early months that I was unwell, we went to appointment after appointment and we got bad report after bad report after bad report. I remember speaking to Sarah and Josh and she's like, oh, can things get any worse? And I was like... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but it became a bit of a joke. But as I engaged with God, read this psalm over and over my life, over my life, over my situation, and began to praise him, I actually felt that something inside me would begin to shift. I'd feel hope. I'd feel a positive. You know, I'd escape a place of darkness and find God's peace. And, you know, Isaiah 61.3 says that Jesus came to give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair or heaviness. And when you're in a place of heaviness or despair, it's actually not God's desire. You stay there. You know, actually, we can put on a garment of praise and actually move into a place of peace and of life and of hope. And I think we all know, and many of us here, you know, situations, maybe even this morning, when you begin to lift up God and give him praise, something shifts over your life. Even sometimes some mornings you can feel... In church, you say, oh, it feels really heavy. And then we praise and you go, oh, actually, the atmosphere just shifted, you know, not just for me, but for everyone here. It's cool because you can actually live in that. You don't have to stay in that place. You can live in that place. It's cool. Hey, Psalm 121 says, I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And sometimes when you're in a battle, all you can see all you can look at is the all-consuming mountain. Everyone looks at Pigeon House. <laughs> um, sometimes all you see is a mountain, and it's hard to shift your view of what's in facing you, the battle, the mountain. But when we pray, it actually directs our attention away from the mountain, off the battle, and onto the one who actually can bring victory to the battle. And more than you know, shifting what we're feeling on inside, it actually shifts the outward circumstances as well, hey? couple more things and we'll, um, and we'll finish up. But praise invites the presence of God into our lives and situations. So Psalm 22.3, he inhabits the praises of his people. You know, how cool is that? That as you praise, 
the presence of God actually comes into your life and comes into your situation. And when we praise at church or worship, actually the presence of God actually comes into our lives. That's pretty cool, hey? And that said, we did a lot of praising last year. <laughs> Number two, praise releases the power of God into situations and brings a breakthrough. Um, love reading this story. So Acts 16, 25, 26, story of Paul and Silas in jail. They were praying and singing praise to God. And in verse 25, it says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so powerful the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the doors were open and everyone's chains unfastened. You know, and I love that this situation that the supernatural, like the miraculous, praise actually brought that through. You know, praise actually brought the power of God into a situation and Rose and I were laughing about this story this morning we're like all the prisoners were set free we're like what were those prisoners in jail for <laughs> they're all of a sudden they're let loose <laughs> is that a good thing <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and recently there was a no there's been a few breakouts from the jail in Nara and it's not a good thing <laughs> anyway everyone's a bit like nervous now <laughs> God knew what he was doing <laughs> But, you know, and Rosie was talking about it because it said that, that there was an earthquake and the foundation of the jail shook. And Rosie's like, don't people die in earthquakes? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think God brought death. But it's pretty cool, actually, you know, that the, prayer, the power of praise can actually do things like that. Now, I don't know if we want to shake the foundations of this building. <laughs> Maybe the upstairs building. <laughs> looking at <laughs> All the locals laugh at that. <laughs> Because we're looking at upgrading up there, which all the tourists say, yay. <laughs> okay, last point, and maybe the band can come. Um, number three, praise breaks the power of darkness. In the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22, the story of King Jehoshaphat. Um, God's people were facing a powerful enemy. God told Jehoshaphat, you know, like he was facing a powerful enemy, and this enemy would have actually wiped out all of God's people. And the story of the Old Testament is that God actually, you know, took the Israelites, his people, to the promised land. And different parts, God actually told them, don't invade, don't invade them, you know, invade those. And what happened when they're in the promised land, countries, nations, they didn't invade, rallied together to come against the Israelites. And so... <laughs> They're going, we're all going to get wiped out. But what God told King Jehoshaphat to do is to appoint people to praise God, send them in front of the army. And as they did this, as they went into battle, the armies, the nations, confusion came over them. They actually took each other out and wiped each other out. By the time the army actually got there, the army of the Israelites, there was no battle to be won because the battle was already won. You know, God's people didn't need to actually engage in battle. Praise brought and shifted the victory needed and how cool that as we praise come on as you face a battle and you praise that actually brings a victory in itself so often we think i've got to do all these things to get through this if you start with praise it's a battle already won is a battle already over i think if the battle can be won through our praise actually we're in a different place we're halfway there summarizing praise is powerful praise is a choice it directs our focus to him it shifts us, shifts situations, releases the power of God and the presence of heaven into our lives and situations. 
situations and breaks the powers of darkness. And, um, you know, let's start. I know we're already 14 days into the year. It's excited. I, I love this time of year for many reasons, but the Australian Open starts tomorrow. I love tennis. Poor Rosie. A week of watching the Brisbane International and Sydney International. The Aussie nearly won last night. He was so close. But, you know, let's start this year better, stronger, positioned correctly. You know, a position of hope, a stance of praise is actually going to bring greater strength to us. You know, and I hope this morning you guys have been blessed and strengthened by this word. We're going to, um, we'll finish with praise, but, you know, first of all, in a moment we're going to stand in. The verse that I read at the beginning, those who trust in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. And that's what we believe this morning, that there's actually a new strength wherever you're at. You know, 2017 maybe have been your best year, it may have been your worst year, but in a moment we're just going to ask you to stand and pray. We're going to close our eyes, and if that's you, if you just... If you'd like to receive some prayer, if you lift your hand, we'll include you in a prayer to believe that there'll be new strength for 2018, that there'll be new life for 2018, that 2018 maybe, be, maybe can be the best year yet. Does that make sense? And then we're going to finish with prayer. So why don't we stand? Why don't we close our eyes and I'll close mine too. And... Um, you know, if 2017 was a hell of a year, why don't you raise your hands and we're just going to pray and include you in this prayer. So, God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that your promise says that those who trust, those who hope, those who wait upon the Lord will find you strength. And God, I know it's your intention that, Lord, that we would walk 2018 in strength in freedom, in hope, in life like never before. And, Lord, for those who actually want to be included in this prayer, who are lifting their hands, who maybe 2017 was not the greatest year for them. I just thank you, Lord, that right now you can flood their hearts and their lives with hope, with grace, with peace. I just thank you right now, Lord, as we put our hope in you and our trust in you. And we recognize sometimes we've got to go to a new level of hope, a new level of trust, God. I thank you that as we do that and wait upon you, I thank you, Lord, for strength. I thank you, Lord, that you equip your church, you equip your people. I thank you, God, that you're not a distant God. You're a God who is so involved in our everyday. So we just thank you, Lord, for 2018 being the best yet. We thank you, Lord, for your kingdom coming and being established, Lord, not only, not only in our lives, but the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you have anything to add?